What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Olivia Babini on the episode today. I am so excited to get to know her. We actually uh, just like realized that we're both in Minnesota and not living that far apart, which is really cool. But Olivia, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like with your story. Okay. Thanks, Shelly, for having me on. I'm so appreciative to be here. So yeah, Um, I'll just start where everybody else does. Um, My husband and I met when I was in college at the U of M um, and he was in school um, to become a paramedic. That was in 2013. Uh, we started dating pretty quickly. Like we met, I think it was like two weeks later we were dating. Um, <laughs> so um, we continued dating and I graduated from school in 2015 and um, I decided that I wanted to be a speech therapist. So I went to Wisconsin um, in August of 2015 to live in Wisconsin. Um, so my husband stayed here because he was in school also, and he'd like commute back and forth um, on his slower weeks and visit me and then come back. And um, he ended up proposing in November of that same year, so November of 2015. And let me tell you, planning a wedding in grad school is rough times. I don't know if I- anybody else has done this probably um but just being a part and then like having to plan was kind of intense so I'd come home and then we'd go to venues and I'd go back and then I'd come back and then we'd taste cakes and then I'd go back and it was just kind of crazy um, I we did the same thing I was in Chicago and my <laughs> husband was in Minnesota and planning a wedding in Minnesota and so I always had to like <laughs> drive back and uh-huh. do our full weekend of wedding planning. <laughs> yeah. <I get> it. <laughs> You're like, ah, yeah. <laughs> it was really fun and crazy and I wouldn't trade it, but it was crazy. Um, so yeah, then we got married in um June of twenty seventeen. Um it was a lovely wedding and our family was all there and it was just like, thank goodness we put all this planning in. Um we and then around the same time we moved into our apartment, um, lived there for a year and then last year, so let's see. June of 2018, we bought our house um, that we are in now. And it's definitely a fixer upper. So we've spent the last like year just painting so much trim and redoing floors and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So, anyway, that brings us kind of to more of the present time. So, um, this past February of 2019, we decided finally to start trying. And I wanted a baby since like high school because I was that weird person. Um, like I've always wanted a baby but when we got married all of a sudden it was like "Mm," or we could just wait a little bit and my poor husband was like okay like he was kind of down to try right away and I was like I don't know I think I just need to wait um because I was starting a new career and just we had you know and then we moved and anyway so we waited but February was like okay (laughs) gotta do it um and then lo and behold we didn't get pregnant the first month which you kind of expect you will um and it's then, weird how disappointing that is, isn't it? <laughs> we're not magic. I know. Yeah, I know. I like, oh. <laughs> um, and then it was kind of, it was weird because, so I'm, uh, I have 
anxiety, which I'll bring up a million times, I'm sure, but I have anxiety. And so I feel like that first decision was such a, like, it was such a big decision. And then when we came to March, it was like, okay, are we trying? And my husband was like, well, I thought we were and I'm like, I know, but I feel like it's a new decision. Like, are we trying this month? Um, and, you know, we did try it again. Um, and then I'd say like the next month, April, probably we decided, okay, you know, we're officially, officially, officially trying. Um, I had gone into my doctor that month because I've just always felt like I was going to have trouble having a baby. I don't know why. Um, again, anxiety, but also, yeah, I don't know. So I went in to see my doctor in April and just, um, asked her some questions about hormones and like she, I've always kind of wondered about, um, PCOS. Um, and she's like, well, like you have some of the characteristics, but not quite all of them. Like your hormones are technically fine. So just keep trying. Um, and you know, if you don't get pregnant in six months, come see me. And that was really nice because I know a lot of people here, they need to wait a year. And to me, that's just like, how? that's so crazy. Um, yeah. So six months, I'm like, okay, we can get, we can get to six months. <laughs> um, so come to May. So I work in a school. It's important to note probably. Um, I'm a speech therapist in a, a middle, a couple of middle schools actually. Um, so in May, it's like, we're getting close to crunch times. <laughs> Summer is happening. Um, <laughs> my sister also um, graduated from college in May. So she graduated like early May um, with her bachelor's. And I found out that she was planning to move to Arizona, which, um, so my mom moved down to Arizona a couple of years ago from Minnesota um, to work for my uncle. She's an accountant for like his business down there. So she moved down there and now all of a sudden my sister's like, I'm moving to Arizona too. You know, and I'm like, okay. Um, she never talked about that. So it was just a big surprise. So I find that out and all of my family gets together then at the end of May because my cousin was getting married. So my um, mom and my uncles came up from Arizona and they were going to be in town for two weeks. Um, and this was like, you know, soon before my sister was going to leave to go back down there. Um, so um, that being said, so we had this wedding and then I had to finish up school the next week. So we had like three days with kids and then a day to clean out um, our office. So my husband and I, he was, God bless him, he helped me. Um, we spent like all day that Thursday, which was June 6th cleaning. And then I was going to have to go up to be with my family up in like the Brainerd area the next week and my husband couldn't come because he was working. So that also happened to be the fertile week, of course, um, that next week. So we knew we had like one day to try before I had to go up north and be with my family. And because of that, I was positive that it would not work because it hadn't been working for months and months. It felt like, not like years, but you know. Um, so it hadn't been working and I'm like, okay, well, let's do it this one try. Um, and then I had to go up north and he was down here. So, wow. Were you going, were you going up to Brainerd for the wedding? No. So the Brainerd, the, sorry, the wedding was the week before and that was in okay, okay. Yeah. So the wedding was the week before. Then we had the last week of school. And then my, because my grandma lives up in that Brainerd area, um, my whole family was going up there to stay for a couple weeks. And okay. so my mom was up there and I was, you know, in the city still. Just so curious because my, my grandma lived in Brainerd. So I actually got married oh. in Brainerd. So I was like, where was the wedding? I thought maybe oh. it was in the same spot. 
I love that area. Oh, See, it's officially, so pretty. Officially, my grandma lives in Crosby. Have you ever been there? Okay. Uh, no, yeah. I haven't. Yeah, tiny town. Um, it's super awesome. But yeah, so I, um, we're just getting yeah. totally, totally Minnesotan on this podcast. I know. Everyone <laughs> prepare. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, it's a thing. Um, but yeah, so then, um, so I went up north and my husband was here. Um, so while in, in Brainerd slash Crosby, um, my mom was kind of like, okay, your sister's driving down to Arizona. Like, would you go with her? Would you help her move? I'm concerned about her moving on her own. And I remember we were running, actually, we were running the morning when mom was asking me this. And I'm like, wow. Uh, you know, as someone who works in school, you really cherish your summer. You only get so many weeks. And I'm like thinking to myself, okay, that's going to be like two weeks of traveling and like two weeks of like not trying to get pregnant. And what if we are pregnant? And then I'm really tired and just like all these thoughts. Um, but my mom ended up kind of guilting me into it, I guess. Um, so she, yeah. So I decided that I would take my sister, like drive with her down to Arizona. So now other facts, I needed a new car. And my husband and I had been wanting to do some like state park traveling. So we came up with this master plan that um, I was going to drive with my sister down to Arizona with her cat and her dog um, the next week. And then my husband would fly down, we would buy a car, and then we would drive home like up through some state parks in like Utah and Colorado. So like whirlwind trip planned in one second because all of those things like we wanted all those things to happen and Madeline needed to get to Arizona. So crazy. Why not do everything at one time? <laughs> um, so yeah, so we had about a week to get my sister all packed up. This is a week after I went up um, after we tried. Um, this is like the next week. So we had a week to like get my, my sister all packed up. Um, and we embarked on our trip to go down to Tucson, Arizona. Um, when we got there, um, there was, it was like four days before my period was supposed to happen. Um, again, not thinking I was going to get pregnant. Um, but on the road trip down, this is so random. Um, we were eating gobstoppers and every time I eat like gobstoppers or other sugary stuff, my heart would like, I get heart palpitations. And that was really weird to me. And I'd never heard of that as a pregnancy symptom, but I of course got to the good old Google and that did tell me that in fact some people have heart palpitations when they're pregnant um, and that it can be a first sign for people. So I'm like, okay, you know, either I'm dying or pregnant maybe. Um, so <laughs> one of those, one of those. So um, when we were down there, um, okay, let me set the timeline back up. So we got down there, I got down there like the 20th and my husband was flying down on the 24th, which is our wedding anniversary. Um, and so within that couple of days, I was feeling kind of tired and kind of crampy, which told me that my period was coming and I was kind of bummed. Again, didn't really anticipate getting pregnant, but you still hope. <laughs> um, so yeah, so then that Saturday um, before he was going to come, we, my sister decided that we should go out on the town. And I, of course, was like, well, no, my period's coming, but I probably should, you know, check just to make sure. So I kind of snuck off to the store and got um, a set of three pregnancy tests, and I went home, and it was, it was also night, so I'm like, I feel like these aren't going to be positive even if I am pregnant, whatever. So I took them, I took one, and it was immediately two lines, like there were immediately two lines, which was 
crazy, which I think everyone probably thinks that I was just kind of like, you're sort of like floating outside of your body, like, oh, it's okay, this is happening. Um, and I told my sister immediately, and I did not tell my mom. I was kind of like, what if, like, you know, it's really early. So I didn't tell her. Um, and yeah, so a couple of days later, my husband flew down for our anniversary. It was our second anniversary. And I picked him up, picked him up in my sister's car and drove him to this park because I didn't know where else to tell him. Um, and I told him we were pregnant and he was very excited. And I have this short video of him like finding out, which is really nice to have. Um, and yeah, that same day we bought a car and we <laughs> drove, you know, started our journey back to Minnesota like two days later. So again, my sister only really knew and randomly my sister's boyfriend because he was, <laughs> he was there. Um, <laughs> and then Charlie. So we started to head home and, and that was kind of, that trip was supposed to be really, really fun, obviously. Um, we went to like Arches National Park and um, Rocky Mountain National Park. Um, but I was really anxious. Like, I'm like, okay, we're pregnant. Like, I don't, you know, we're climbing mountains. We're like eating at restaurants and we're doing all these things that are, you know, in, and in states we're not used to. And so it was just kind of hard um, because I didn't want to mess anything up. <laughs> um, but you know got some cool pictures we have some pictures of me like holding my non-existent bump that wasn't even there um and yeah so we got back to minnesota finally um and i decided i probably should call my doctor i had been putting it off because we were traveling and i also just was nervous um so i called my doctor and she told me to um they originally scheduled me at like 11 weeks and I was like okay that's kind of far away like but I guess that's fine that's what you do <laughs> um and then you know the fourth of July was in there um around that time we were at like so this was like five like five weeks um we I got with some friends we told a couple of close friends we were pregnant and like a cousin I'm really close to um but we kept the circle small I still wasn't telling my mom because she really really wants grandkids and I didn't want to like <laughs> I don't know I didn't want to get her hopes up so, um, then I had decided, so I had decided to teach summer school that year or this past year. Um, and I needed to go in for like a training. So I went on July 1st, actually, so this is before the 4th of July, technically. Um, and we had gotten home the day before. So it was July 1st. I went in for my summer school training and on my way there, my mom called me and she was like, really sad because her boyfriend had broken up with her and my mom um has pretty severe depression so like most people they have a boyfriend break up with them and it's like sad eat ice cream and you're good in a couple days well this was different my mom was like really really sad um and i'll remember my sister's down there with her um they're they're living together um while my sister kind of figures out her her life down there and my sister's giving me updates all the time like mom's crying mom's locked in her room she won't answer the door like we it was worrisome and I feel like when you're pregnant you're like <laughs> like you're anxious about everything already but you're also like anxious about being anxious because you read that that can be hard on a baby too yeah and you know and I'm like oh yeah. gosh <laughs> um so that was a little stressful um so like I said we were originally scheduled for our appointment at like 11 weeks but um 
I ended up calling at six weeks per my therapist suggestion. Um, she was like, you know, if you're feeling anxious about this baby, like, why don't you just call and see if they'll have you come in for blood work? Um, and you can do the like 48 hour HCG test to see if your numbers are going up, you'll feel better. Um, and they had, we hadn't really done any blood work um, yet. I had just taken the home pregnancy test. So I did call and the person I talked to was like, well, I don't know why we have you scheduled in 11 weeks. We should have had you come in at seven. And then they usually have you come in again at like 10 or 11. I was like, oh, okay. Um, so she said, you know, you can come in for blood work, but if you want to just come in next week at seven weeks, you could do that. So I just kind of decided like, okay, I guess I can wait one more week. Um, so that's what we did. Uh, July 16th then was our seven week appointment. We were, we were seven weeks, two days that day. Um, so I, you know, I went to my summer school job. I picked up my husband on the way and then we went to this appointment and we, we were so nervous. Like the night before, actually, I was getting ready for bed and I remember my husband, um, was like, how are you feeling? And I was like, oh gosh, I'm just, I'm so nervous. And I feel like we're in this really happy bubble right now. And I really don't want it to be popped. <laughs> like, and I don't know, like, I know we'll get through it if it is, but like, I don't know. I don't know how, like we haven't, you know, we've never done this before. And, um, my husband sort of like, he had, had been like really, really, really reassuring through that time. Um, but he'd also kind of said like, you know, you're being, you're kind of negative about this. Like I, it makes me sad that you feel so negative about this. Like we talked about this several times and I was like, well, that's anxiety. And also I think that's just pregnancy, <laughs> but anyway, so we're talking about the happy bubble. Um, the day before. So while we're waiting in the waiting room at the appointment the next day, um, we're both really nervous. We're trying to distract ourselves with our phones. And, um, you know, of course it takes them like a thousand hours to actually get to us. Um, because when you're excited, it's you're anxious. It takes seems to take longer. Um, but we went back to our room and the actual ultrasound process was, you know, quicker than you, <laughs> quicker than you think it would, it was quicker than I thought it would be. Um, so immediately I was excited when we started because I saw a baby, like the, the doctor or the ultrasound tech, um, like started and I saw the little, you know, little fetal pole. Um, and I was like, Oh, thank goodness. Because I feel like I was like, man, am I even pregnant? Like, what if this is just like, I'm making this up in my head. Like we haven't seen this. I know I've had these tests, but like you just second guess yourself. I feel like in, until you feel your baby move, I've heard anyway. Um, so my first reaction was like, Oh, it's like a baby. <laughs> cool. And then immediately, um, that was followed by like kind of shock because the doctor was, or the ultrasound tech was like, okay, so, you know, the baby's looking a little small. Um, the baby's measuring at six weeks, one day, and you're supposed to be seven weeks, two days. And I didn't know what that really meant. I just assumed, Oh, maybe the baby's small. Um, but then she said, um, and there's no heartbeat, which we would expect at this time. And I was like, I remember it took a second to kind of sink in, but she was, I remember she was repeating, like, I know this isn't the news you wanted to hear. And which of course it wasn't, that kind of annoyed me. Like, of course this isn't the news we wanted to hear. Um, and my husband like reached for my arm and I remember I pulled it away. And immediately I felt bad for doing that, but it was kind of like, 
nobody touch me because if you if we are comforting, I'm going to start crying. Right. Um, and yeah, so then we, I did, I did start crying. It was, it was hard. You're like, I feel like I don't, I hate crying in front of people. So I was kind of trying to keep it together, but you're also learning that your baby that you've been planning for is not actually there or, you know, it is, but it's not alive or, or supposedly. Um, so we didn't know what that meant. She said, okay, well get dressed. Um, and we'll take you to, um, another room basically. So she leaves and you're like, okay, I don't know how much time we have here to fall apart, but, um, you know, (laughs) okay. So we got dressed, I got dressed (laughs) and, um, we got moved to our next room and the nurse practitioner that we met with basically told us like, you know, we, when this happens, we have you come back in a week later just to see if the baby's grown at all or if the heartbeat is there because at this point like it should be and I remember she said you could come in tomorrow if you wanted just to get it over with and I'm like no like if there's a chance like let's give the baby as long as you'll allow it so she we we decided to opt for like the one week just because I'm like well what if like what if tomorrow there's there isn't really a change but like two days from now there'll be a change or you know like something like that um and the good thing about that appointment was she, or that little meeting with that nurse practitioner is that she said, um, she's like, do you have any questions for me? And I'm like, wow. <laughs> I mean, questions about pregnancy or questions about miscarriage, because I wrote down a ton of questions about pregnancy because, you know, they tell you to bring all your questions. Um, and she said, uh, yeah, you know, whatever, either one. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess for next time maybe or this time and then I asked all my pregnancy questions and then I asked her like if this is miscarriage like what do we do and then she explained that um we'd you know we go have a dnc or there are like medication options and things like that <sighs> so that really sucked um <laughs> obviously and she said okay um we're gonna have you go out to the lobby to schedule this follow-up ultrasound and I kind of was like oh boy, we have to go and stand in the lobby. (laughs) Okay. Like I'm, you know, crying every other second, trying not to cry. And that's really awkward, but she assured us that they would know what we needed and that we just need to go out there and they'd, they'd know who we were and they could start like giving us options for dates. Well, they didn't. (laughs) Went up to the lady and I'm like, hi. And she kind of looked at me and she's like, hi, what can I do for you basically? And so then I had to explain to her that we had to come in for this follow-up ultrasound. And then I started crying, which is Ugh, again, I hate crying in front of people. And she's like, it's okay. And, and she got us scheduled. So I don't know how we made it out to the car without me, like, just breaking down completely. But we somehow did. Um, you know, you're kind of, like, walking quickly past all the people coming in. And um, our, our OB is, like, within – it's, like, in an office building with a lot of different other offices, too. So there's all kinds of people coming in and out. And you're just like, oh, God. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Charlie got us home somehow. And – the next week was the worst week ever. It was horrible. Um, so I, so I was teaching that summer school class I mentioned, and like there were like there was one substitute, and she was pretty much booked up um, already. So I couldn't like, I, but I knew I couldn't go in the next day. I'm like, there's no way. Like, so I, I texted my my um, boss and like kind of explained to her what had happened. Um, and she was like, oh, okay, like, we'll cover you, don't worry. So I didn't go to work the next day, and Charlie tried to go to work. Um, again, he's a paramedic. I 
think I said that, but um, he's a paramedic. So he tried to go to work and he got there and he just he came back. He told the supervisor, he's like, I just can't be here today. Um, yeah, so he came home. So that week was sort of like a fog. Um, and I robotically go to work and come home. And then um, I would just like lay on the couch and watch summer happening outside. Um, and I wasn't, you know, wanting to be a part of it. And I would just, would just Google <laughs> just so much Googling. And it's such a dangerous game because it's like, I felt like one second I was looking up like pregnancy loss memes <laughs> on Instagram. Um, and you're like, I'm like crying and like feeling comforted by these memes. And then, and then it'd be like, but maybe it's okay though. And then I'd be Googling like, miscarriage diagnosis you know or misdiagnosis and and there are sites for that like my misdiagnosed miscarriage and that gives you tons of false hope um and then I'd go back to the sad and and we'd like my husband would he'd be like okay we have to get out of the house so we'd we'd go on like a walk we'd walk our dog look around the neighborhood and I just felt like I was in like a dream state like I just was not even there it was really sad and awful um so the second ultrasound was scheduled on the 23rd. So again, the first one was the 16th. The second one was scheduled for the 23rd. So we went in and, um, oh, I should say, okay, update on my mom. So there was a point to me telling you that my mom's boyfriend broke up with her. Um, so before this happened, like between the 1st of July, which is when that I found out about her boyfriend and the 16th, which was our first appointment, um, somewhere in that two weeks she had called me like really upset and I could not I just was like oh look like a shiny baby like don't be sad I was like mom like I do have something good to tell you (laughs) and so I ended up telling her about the baby so at these ultrasounds there was like all this pressure like I I know she wants a grandbaby so bad and and um and you know she was waiting to hear about how our appointments had gone and my sister was waiting to hear about our appointment how our appointments had gone um and so that was another fact that was hard. Anyway, back to the second ultrasound. So um, we went in, and basically there, there, you know, there was no change. Actually, it was kind of sad. The, the first time we went in, our, our baby measured like 0.39 centimeters, um, and the second time it measured like 0.41. Which of course I was like, oh, it's grown, it's grown. And, and the ultrasound tech was like, no, that's just like we call that like human error, basically. Like, you know, we see a heartbeat, we don't see a heartbeat, and and then she had to have a second ultrasound tech come in and check, um, just to like double check, I guess that in fact there, there were, you know, there was no change. Um, which is super uncomfortable because it was a transvaginal ultrasound and you're just laying there and you're like, okay, I just like want to be done. <laughs> um, so, um, this time we got to see our doctor, which was nice. And, and our doctor, um, after we got dressed and gone to her office, um, she, you know, she said, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, you've got a couple of options, and she explained the options we had, um, and at that point, it was, you know, like, two weeks-ish of the baby not, you know, growing or being alive, um, so she said, I don't feel like your body's going to do this on its own. It doesn't seem like it, um, and, you know, I would recommend a DNC because you can, you could do the, the pill, but it tends to be more traumatic, I think, than some people think. Some people want to go through the experience, which is totally respectable, but, um, but, um, she just said, like, you know, it can be kind of drawn out, and, and a lot of times, she said it was, like, an only, 
think it was 80% of the time it works. And then the other 20%, you have to still come in and get a DNC anyway. I'm like, well, that's terrible odds. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. So I'm like, okay, I think we're just going to go with the DNC. Um, and yeah, so she, she said, okay. Um, and she got us all scheduled. So that surgery was scheduled for the 26th. So the ultrasound was on 23rd, which is a Tuesday. And then that following uh, Friday, we had our, our um, uh, DNC scheduled. And, you know, the days between that second ultrasound and the DNC were really sad because I felt like I had to start, you know, kind of texting the people that we had told and just let them know, like, <laughs> you know, by the way, just kidding. Like, we're actually having a DNC, um, which is really hard. And everyone was very nice, but, you know, I feel like everybody, like, when you tell people that you're miscarrying, like, everyone has, like, a co-worker's mom's best friend that has had, like, seven miscarriages, and they tell you about that, and you're like, that's, thank you. <laughs> like, they're trying to be nice and, like, find someone that they can bring up so that you feel better. Like, by the way, this has happened to this random, really random person, or it is my sister, or whoever, but... <laughs> You will have a baby. So true. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> They're trying. You just, have, you just, yeah, that was hard. So, um, <laughs> the surgery was scheduled really early in the morning. I remember we got up and, and you know, the night before I was sad because it's like, you just know it's the last night that you're together. And, um, this is a really weird fact, but I feel like it's kind of interesting. My husband and I, after we found out about the miscarriage, we, like, did not sleep in our room for the next, like, two weeks. We slept, like, we put our couches together, and we made a couch nest, and we just slept in there, because I think it was, like, it was just too, like, everything that was happening was too far from reality. We didn't even want to, like, sleep in our room. It was just, like, weird. Um, so that night before, we, like, slept in our couch nest, and um, just kind of, like, you know, um, had some time sitting there with the, the baby still. Um, so the next morning when we went in, it was kind of like, okay, I guess we're really, really saying goodbye here. It was hard. Um, and we were the only people in the waiting room. Um, they have this like screen where your name comes up if you're next. And it was just me. <laughs> My name pops up and um, the nurse came out and got me and brought me back to our room. And um, she, you know, she had me get all changed and um, it was so cold. I remember it was so cold in there. And I, and you're just, everyone who came in to talk to me, because all of the medical staff come in and introduce themselves, um, like the anesthesiologist and the nurse anesthetist and the doctor comes and um, they all ask you like, okay, why are you here today? And I think they have to ask that. I think that's like a protocol. Um, and so you're always like, I, just, I think at least three times, I'm like, um, you know, miss miscarriage, miss miscarriage, DNC. Um, and that really sucked to have to keep saying. Um, so eventually Charlie got to come back and wait with me and our doctor came in and, and talked to us and she, she, I had held it together pretty well until this point. Um, I had like a single tear when the anesthesiologist came in because he had said like, Hey, I'm sorry, you're here. And that was just really nice to hear. Um, and so, but other than that, I had kept it together. Well, when the doctor was there, um, she, she, uh, went through like what we we're going to do. And then she, brought out these forms and the form was like it asked basically like what we want to do with like the remains of the baby and oh god I was like I just lost it immediately um and my husband came over and she's like I'm so sorry 
about this. Um, I have to bring this form out. And it always does this to people, and I'm so sorry. And I kind of, I just sort of wish we had had some preparation, like we had had time to think about what we wanted to do with remains, because I honestly assumed that they would just do whatever they did with them. Um, but she's like, you know, there are some options. You can come pick the baby up, or we can. Um, we we have like a I can't remember what they called it exactly. Some sort of process where they're respectful of the baby. They they actually cremate the remains and then bring it they bring them to a cemetery and so I'm like crying I'm trying to explain to her that I'm actually like really thankful because I just didn't even know that that was an option so we ended up choosing the option to have the hospital cremate and then bring the baby to a um, cemetery which we uh, haven't visited yet but I think we I think we will at some point um, so anyway <laughs> got through that uh, go back for surgery and so it's crazy. So I actually walked, like I walked down to my surgery room um, with the nurses, which is super weird. And you walk in and it's like, there's lights everywhere and the equipment and you're just like, oh my gosh, kind of overwhelmed. Um, and there are people just buzzing around you. Like I had one person on my right arm putting on my blood pressure cuff and my doctor's kind of like down by my legs looking at me with this like really sad look and my... Um, I think nurse anesthetist is giving me my IV and, and you kind of feel like some sort of celebrity or something. You have so much attention on you. Um, and they were keeping conversation light. We were talking about um, my honeymoon, which is so random. And I remember I kept thinking like, oh gosh. So the nurse anesthetist reminded me so much of, um, do you watch Queer Eye? <laughs> the show, I do you watch? don't think I've seen it. No. Okay. Well, there's this like lovely character in it named Jonathan Vendes and he, my nurse and just reminded me so much of him. And I was really afraid that I would say something like, when I was going, <laughs> I remember that was crossing my mind. And, um, and I also, we were having this conversation, so I didn't want to like, just stop talking in the middle of it. But eventually my doctor was like, okay, like we're going to put you, you know, you're going to take a little nap now and don't worry. And I just remember that was like, re- that that moment was very hard because it was like when you're a mom it's like you know like your biggest responsibility is to protect your baby and you know in that moment that you're like rightfully like on your own volition not really your choice but like you're you've chosen to do the surgery and you're gonna be asleep and they're gonna take your baby and it was just like so heartbreaking like I you know you just kind of want to like snap your leg close legs close and, and leave because your job is to protect your baby but you don't have anything to protect anymore. It's so sad. Um, so yeah, um, I woke up in the, the recovery room, like laughing. I was laughing and I introduced myself to my nurse and she was like, yeah, I've met you like three times. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, okay. I like your lipstick. We were just having really like casual conversation. Um, and I noticed that my IV was in a different arm. And so that was weird to me. And I found out later that um, after the surgery, they brought me back and I was just bawling. <laughs> my husband said that he, he heard me crying from down the hall and he just was like, oh, goodness. Like, so he came to me and I was just crying and crying. I just kept telling everyone, him and the nurses and anyone else who came in, that we were going to have a squishy, healthy baby. We were going to have one. <laughs> Next time we're going to be here, it's going to be a squishy, healthy baby and, and just crying. And I'm sure like that was how my IV came out. I was probably like gesturing and like, who knows? Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, 
but when I came to, I like felt, you know, felt a little better, obviously, as I'm complimenting the nurse's lipstick, and uh, we went home, and um, so that day was really rainy, I remember, and we spent a lot of time on the couch, we were watching movies, Um, I didn't have a lot of pain, really, just kind of like some cramps, but it's not too bad, and we were watching movies, and um, I remember I kept looking out the window, because I was like, I'm going to see a rainbow, like, there has to be a rainbow with this rain because that would just be so metaphorical and perfect. <laughs> and there was no rainbow. I just kept looking and never saw one. And, um, that was sad. Uh, but so the next few days I didn't feel like super terrible. I, I felt, felt okay. My doctor had said there were no restrictions as far as physical you know, things. So I like went back to the gym. We hung out with friends. Um, I felt good for a couple of days and then like halfway through the next week. So we had surgery on a Friday. Um, halfway through the next week, it, I started to bleed a little more and it was pretty painful, like being at summer school, like running around with the kids. And I just, you could tell you had surgery, I guess that's how I felt. Um, I was bleeding. I wasn't scheduled for a follow-up for like, until like three weeks later. Um, so that was weird. Now during this time, I, you know, my, I remember my mom wasn't really reaching out to me. She was so sad still, like still going through all this stuff I talked about earlier, um, and my poor sister was there to kind of deal with it alone. Um, and mom like wasn't reaching out to me, um, which was really hard because it was like, like, hello, I've just gone through this terrible thing and I feel like I don't know where you are. But I think depression does that sometimes. Um, it's hard to, you know, you get really wrapped up in your own stuff and it's just hard to, to even get outside of that. So I remember that was really hard. Um, so anyway, um, I had my post-op three weeks later and at that point I was still like bleeding a little it wasn't terrible but it was still happening my doctor was like you know it's weird that you're still bleeding I honestly like if you haven't had a week at least a week of no bleeding like we can't assume this is your period like I'm kind of concerned about this um why don't you keep an eye on it and if you're still bleeding you know or like mid next week call um and we'll have you come in for a follow-up so okay so, um, I kept bleeding and, and the next week then I did go in and I, I, or I called in and I said, Hey, like I'm still bleeding. It's, it's gotten less to be less, but like, it's still happening. And I said, okay, we'll have you come in Friday. Um, so this is Friday after I talked to my doctor, I went in. So we're at like four weeks post-op um, and they did another ultrasound and they found that there was uh, more like tissue inside, which, I mean, they called it retained products, which is just like very scientific. And you're like, okay, that's kind of weird. Um, that's my baby, you know, or that was my pregnancy, but okay. Um, so they find, they found some like two centimeters or something of material left in there. Um, I remember I was joking with the ultrasound tech. I'm like, so interesting that like something so small can cause such a hoopla you know such a big problem and she's like no that's actually quite a bit of stuff left like usually like it would be smaller if there was anything retained like this is kind of a lot and I was like oh okay um so my doctor was out of town um that Friday um and the ultrasound tech was like okay we're just gonna send this um report over so your doctor can see it on Monday and then she'll call you so in that same day, um, they, this is kind of TMI, but that same day they, um, did an infection check in like a, um, screen for like a, um, 
no, that day was just infection. So they did an infection check because I'd been kind of like itchy and uncomfortable. Well, I found out that I had bacterial vaginosis, which is super lovely um, and flattering. And um, <laughs> after that, so that weekend, though, like the reason I bring that up is because they had to like swab to figure that out. And that next weekend, I like, we had friends in town. Uh, I woke up on the morning of Saturday. We were going to go to the state fair. <laughs> um, I woke up on Saturday and I was like, it was, I had experienced bleeding that I, like overnight that I assume is closer to what an, like a miscarriage would be like if I, my body just decided to do it on its own. Like there's a lot of blood, which was scary. And I don't know if it was because they swabbed or what. I have no idea. Um, but I was bleeding. And so I, you know, still, but being committed fair goers, we still went to the fair, <laughs> put on my <laughs> giant maxi pad. <laughs> um, we went to the fair and um, yeah. <laughs> so now, okay this gets a little, little more confusing in here. So let me see if I can be clear. So, so we found out on the 23rd, which was like that, that Monday that we, um, my, my doctor had called and said like, Hey, you have this bacterial vaginosis. And also, um, we do need to do a, another surgery. So she scheduled us for the 26th. Yes. Um, that's the day she's, or no, that's the day she scheduled us. The surgery was scheduled for the 29th. Sorry. So the surgery scheduled for the, the 29th. Um, and on the 25th, which was after, I believe after we found out we'd have to have a second surgery and before the surgery happened, we found out that my sister-in-law was pregnant, which was like hard because I, I was, I remember I was taking a shower and Charlie came in and told me um, that he had found this out because we were supposed to go to a family party that day and like she had called him and been like hey like are you coming to this party I have some exciting news to tell you and he called his mom right away and was like mom is Sarah pregnant <laughs> like um and she's like yeah she is and he came and told me I was taking a shower and my reaction was just like not what I expected like I was like shaky and I was like okay okay but then I was crying like 30 seconds later and I'm like, okay, I don't think I can go to this family party clearly. Um, so I didn't go. Um, Charlie tried to go, he like started driving and then just came back. He's like, I can't go either. Like, because it's like, we wanted, like, you know, that deep down you're happy. Like I was happy for her logically, <laughs> but like, I could not express that that day. And I knew that and I knew she needed people to be happy for her. And I just didn't feel like I could do that for her. Um, which I felt really guilty and it was just an ugly emotion, but, um, yeah, so that was that. Um, and so again, within that week between being scheduled for the second surgery and actually having it, so we found out she was pregnant and I found out, um, before my surgery that my mom had really deteriorated, deteriorated and my family was like pursuing like a, like a, like fresh off TV, like intervention with like an intervention counselor, which I was like okay <laughs> um they were hiring this person because my mom was like she wasn't going to like she was she was going to work but she was not put together she like wasn't sleeping and wasn't eating it was just like really in a deep depression deep dark spot so I find out we're doing this intervention and my family's like uh, can you come to Arizona for this intervention and I'm like I have to have a surgery again and school starting next week so no not really um so that was craziness so Sarah's pregnant my mom's having a terrible time and I need to have the second surgery. So, uh, <laughs> so um, we go ahead and have the second surgery. And like that one was a lot less, um, I don't know. I felt like after 
I was just kind of felt like, I felt kind of defeated at times like because the whole thing was like we had another reason we had chosen to go with the DNC in the first place is that we wanted to um, be able to start trying again as soon as we could or at least we thought we did in that moment um, and to find out that we had to have this other surgery that would again delay us which is so frustrating and because the doctor told us like okay after this surgery it's going to be like four to six weeks until you get your period again and I was like okay like great that's just another month lost like no problem um so yeah so um again it was sort of just I was just kind of defeated I was really tired after that second surgery but it was it was like it, it was clear that I had worked like I didn't have very much bleeding and I felt better too I think that month after the first one I was still like I felt puffy everywhere. I was so uncomfortable. And it's because you're like, my body still thought I was pregnant, basically. Um, just from that tiny little bit of remaining product or remaining, you know, tissue. Um, so I did feel better after that second surgery as far as like my body. Um, and um, yeah. So after that, um, I just kept getting infections. I got like, EV two more times. I got a UTI, just like all these infections and my body just was like, not like, like, even though I felt better, like all of a sudden I was getting these infections and that was just so like, it's it. And that's kind of bring, bring us to present day. I've still, am like taking meds, um, for another, like, like another round of bacterial vaginosis sometimes. Um, and so I don't know what that's about. I think like, I don't know if it's just because when you have these surgeries, like you're, I think it's like you're, everything going on inside just gets disturbed and the balance isn't there. And yeah. So it's a lot. It's yeah, a lot. <laughs> I know. So we're like trying to get back to balance basically. And, and my mom is um, on the mend. She like did end up going in for like a, um, she went into like some inpatient treatment for a little bit and she's doing better now. Um, my sister, we found out Charlie's sister is actually pregnant with twins um, which is like double, double knife to the heart a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm kind of in a place now, I feel like where, um, we, we did start trying like this past week. So we're like in the two week wait. Hooray. Um, <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> there. Yeah. And so I feel like I was really scared to do that, but now that we're in that spot, I actually feel like it's kind of helping me to feel like I feel better and I feel like I can actually be happy for her now because we're like back on track with our own stuff yeah Um, I always say I always say game plans are everything so to just kind of like get past that and be able to start like the game plan again you know what I mean yes it's really helpful because you feel so like idle like you just feel like you're spinning and spinning I I know somebody I think last podcast somebody said something about um like feeling like it's an ocean and you're just drowning Mm -hmm. and that's exactly right and I feel like another metaphor that kept coming to my brain is like you feel like in the very when it happens when everything happens initially it's like an earthquake or like a um yeah like an earthquake you're kind of in the center of this big earthquake and then there are these like aftershocks for like a couple you know however long um and when I like look back at pictures of myself um like there we went out with friends like the day after um, my first DNC and I like look at the picture and I'm like I'm smiling but I know I was just devastated <laughs> like I was so sad um, and you know you just kind of now being in those kind of like aftershocks you like look back and you just realize how far you've come I guess um, mm-hmm. with everything yeah so yeah for sure really 
Now, you know that I always ask at the end of every episode, if you had one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Get a therapist. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, except for, so I have, I've been in therapy this whole time and it has been really helpful, but I, my therapist has um, given me a piece of advice I was going to share. Um, and that is that like, you're not a psychic. So I think like, and this kind of goes with like trying and like being pregnant and all the stages of all this mess that is trying to have a baby. Um, like you can't predict what's going to happen. So like being sad ahead of time or like getting really anxious ahead of time. Like if it, you know, if you're gonna check your, or if you're gonna take a pregnancy test, like getting really upset and being, oh, it's not going to happen and doing all that stuff is not going to prevent you from being sad if you actually do get a negative pregnancy test or you do find out that something is going on with your baby like you just like you're not a psychic so don't try to be ahead of time just like take it as it comes um wait till you get to that spot um which kind of goes with my grandma's like saying of like don't borrow trouble like don't try not to um borrow trouble from the future to stay in your present moment um and then I think another one is like I, like, I think this wasn't a meme, so I'm going to give them credit, but, like, you don't have to, like, you don't have to be sad to honor your baby. Like, I, I really feel like I'm going to always be sad about this. I'm still really sad about it. It's, like, this big mess of, like, like, you know, you can go from sad to happy and mad and then back to happy and sad and all in one day. Um, but, like, overall, like, you don't have to, like, cling to the, like, cry, you know, crying on the couch and not doing anything. Like, you don't have to limit yourself to honor your baby you can still remember and honor your baby and continue on with your life and that's okay yeah absolutely well thank you so much olivia for jumping on and sharing your story if somebody wants to reach out is instagram the best way yeah that's fine I, it's not okay. private right now just because i um, work at a school but i'm happy mm-hmm. to accept you if you send me a message awesome yeah well i'll link thank that in the description of this episode so thank much. you so much All right. Keep me posted. Okay. I will. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam. You guys, we're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.